Welcome to the Consciouspreneur Podcast, where we discuss and apply the principles of mindset, leadership, and business building strategies that align with our purpose, honor the people we work with, and generate a sustainable profit. Welcome to another episode of The Consciouspreneur. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, and today we're speaking with Christina Springstead. She is the owner and founder of the Springstead Solutions, a firm specializing in profit coaching and bookkeeping. As a master certified profit first professional, she is passionate about helping business owners implement proven financial strategies to ensure sustainable business for years to come. Christina, thank you so much for setting aside this time for our conversation today. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am too. And I'm, I'm so glad you have the Profit First book behind you. <laughs> I, I'm especially excited to talk about Profit First. Um, it's something that I use in my business and it had saved me during this whole COVID and aftermath COVID. Um, so I really am excited for you to share with us, you know, some of the things that you know about Profit First and some of the things that we can start doing now to be aware of the profit first system and maybe just kind of consider what would that do for our business if and when we decide to move to a profit first model of accounting. Yes, I love it. Perfect. I'm ready. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So before we get into the meat of the conversation, I wanted to learn a little bit more about you. Um, this, this is a very, to me, Profit First is a passion-driven business um, because it's not just about accounting and the numbers and, and those kinds of things. It's really about using the accounting systems to create and generate that profit um, so that there's just the sense of, what would I call, well, how would I describe myself? Confidence that the money is going to be there. And, and when you know that the money is there, then you're you're re you're ready and, and able to take risks that you may not otherwise have been able to do. So, this is a passion for you. Tell me tell me the story about how you came into this profession. Okay, so it goes. Um, it starts way back in high school. I actually um, I really had to stop and think. How did I get where I am? Because I'm mid forties. I'm approaching on the way up to fifty now, and I think, oh my goodness, where. I have come so far from where I was at. Yeah. Didn't know. I never wanted to have my own business. I always wanted to be someone's left-hand person. So I was, I was like, how did I get here? How did I get to launching my own business? And it really started in high school. I was in business professionals and I really loved accounting. And so I did a lot of challenges with um, financial classes. I would go into all of those uh, things. We'd get together and do uh, state competitions. And I was in accounting back when we were doing the journals on paper and, and really learned it there. And I enjoyed it. And I actually started going to school for um, accounting. And a couple terms in, I was sitting there in an accounting class. And as much as I loved it, I thought to myself, because I'm, I'm historically shy. No one who knows me now believes that. But well, back then, I was very shy. And I thought, ah, I don't want to sit behind a desk crunching numbers all day for the rest of my life. And I veered quickly into athletic training and sports management. Completely different ballgame. Oh, yeah. Um, no pun intended, but there we go. <laughs> and um, when I got into that, I realized um, at that time, there weren't a lot of women in like professional sports doing athletic training. And I, as I was looking for it, I thought, oh, I don't know what this is going to look like. I'm, I'm going to have, what kind of job is this? I'm a woman in a, in a man's world kind of thing. And so quickly pivoted to a sports management degree because I could fill it in with management classes, which was some business classes and got kind of back in there. Then I got some jobs and inevitably I always ended up in some sort of budgeting, some sort of how do we pro do proposals, always finance related, always in the numbers, always how do we save money. And so I've just always been drawn to that. Um, really kind of ret anal retentive about my own personal bill paying, just it's the thing that gets me going. And so um, when I got into my last, the last day job that I was in, I started in sales and I hate sales because I always think of, you know, the old school sleazy car salesman from when I was younger and sales has come a long ways. So, um, but that wasn't my strong suit. And I quickly realized they had still been recovering from the 2008 real estate crash and needed help in the business aspect. And so 
being the overly helpful one that I am that can't stay in my lane. <laughs> I went in and started helping in the, in the finance office and moved in there and just realized um, that, wow, they got hit so hard in the 2008 real estate crash. They were doing so great. Everything was amazing. Like business was booming and, you know, they're top of the world. And then this market crash came and it devastated them. And I came in and uh, several years later and they were still feeling the effects of it. And I thought, how sad that you could so quickly go from being on top of the business world and just living the dream and life couldn't get better to how do we make payroll and driving around trying to find checks and all the stuff just because this completely uncontrollable thing came into our lives. And it was, it, it, I took the business on like it was my own. And for a decade, I lost sleep over the finances. It wasn't even my business. And I was getting gray hairs. I was losing sleep. I was really stressed out. Like, how are we going to do this? And I spent years recovering from that and like pulling them out of that. And, um, and then some other friends were like, Hey, they had smaller businesses and they couldn't afford to have a full-time bookkeeper. So they just kind of started gravitating towards like, Hey, could you help me? And I I started my side gig, right? So I was doing the full-time job and I was doing the side gig, um, of bookkeeping. And I really loved it. I was like, you know, it was the thing that I could go in and you could see an end result and you could reconcile it out. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's like financial mm-hmm. puzzle pieces in a computer. And so I, I just loved it. And from there, um, I ended up going to Rise Business Conference, um, which was Rachel Hollis's Rise uh, conferences. And when I came back, there was a group and everyone kept talking about Profit First. And I was like, oh, what is this Profit First? Like, it's so intriguing. And so I found the book and I read it. Um, and I thought, oh my gosh, this would have saved me so many sleepless nights. Not even just if the previous company I'd worked for with had launched out the gate, but man, I could have gotten out of this situation that I had been in for years just trying to turn the Titanic, right? And maybe would have went a little bit faster. Like maybe not a speedboat, but maybe like, you know, a pontoon or something. But I just thought, oh, this would have saved so much time. And what Profit First does, right, is I feel like, you know, you were talking about it's it's not about the accounting tools, but it's about you, help you taking those things, which often are completely confusing And almost like every business owner says, yes, I want my reports and all that. But a lot of times they're silently thinking these are useless to me because I have no clue what they mean. I don't know what it means. People throw the word budget around. That's, you know, that's one thing that was about profit first is budgets are, are guesses, right? Like they're a best case guess. And some of it is strategic based on the past, but you don't know. And um, especially for income, you can hope and you can wish, but you don't know what's going to happen to someone. So profit first answered so many pain points without me even launching it. I just knew I could feel like I would have saved so much stress. So when I found that and I realized you could get certified in it, I I called and I talked to the thing and this was literally right before pandemic. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So I found it and I thought this would be great. Um, And in sidetracking, I was running a brick and mortar um, and all the challenges with brick and mortar and a very small, um, very small staff and every staff changeover is devastating when you're running a business because you're starting over. And I was really kind of worn out from turning this thing around and things were going well, but now we're in this, how do we get the staffing right? When someone leaves, it's devastating, just the constant. And, um, I just remember I was sitting there and, and I, we had a very young employee. He was 20, he passed away and it was just devastating. And the whole staff was devastated and I sat there and, um, you know, sorry, but based on my faith, my, my brain, my God, my whatever you guys want to call it for me, it's my God, audibly said to me in my head, you don't want this for the rest of your life. And so I was like, I'm going to go into profit first. I'm going to help other people know how to not get to this point where they can have enough staff, where they can pay their bills, where they're not running so lean because they're so worried about finances um, and it was there in that moment that I realized I was going to get certified in profit first and I was going to go in to do this full time. I was going to transition my business out or the business I was running out. And so, yeah, so hopefully that was a short story long or a wow. long story short. But yeah, it really is crazy. It started way back in high school and, and I didn't realize and it came back to fruition. If, if you're looking back on this story, what, uh, your story, would you, what would you say your purpose is? My purpose is to ensure that people who have a passion to help other people, right? So it's to help the people who are passionate about helping other people. So almost a paying it forward 
yeah. with a business tied to it, right? So I desperately want to help other people who have these amazing talents, skills, and gifts that want to help other people build these lives, these dream lives, right? But the one thing that typically causes huge hiccups in the road, if not businesses shutting down, is not knowing how to handle their finances. And it, it's sad because it's it's overwhelming when you start a business. You don't like you come in, you have this craft, you have a skill, you have a passion. I can help these people. And yet the back end business part of it comes with it, whether you want it to or not. You know, That's it's right. It's it's kicking and screaming and it's grabbing a hold of you. And you have to be a business person. You can't just be a creative who wants to do something or a person who has you can have all the wants and desires to help someone, but you have to know your business financials. Or it can absolutely derail people. And I've seen people who have wonderful gifts have to go out of business because they weren't prepared. They Mm -hmm. didn't know what it meant. When they started to scale, they scaled so big that now they had to bring on staff. They had to get more um, office supplies. They ran into a brick and mortar too quickly. They did, you know, all of these things. And a lot of times those decisions, they're, they're gut feel decisions. And although I think your gut is great, there needs to be some foundation and some and some details behind it. And that is that's what I do is I help others who want to help others make sure they can continue to do so. Love it. So you are absolutely in the right place in the consciouspreneur community. That's really what this consciouspreneur really is all about, is that pr- that first value is that we're in business to make the world a better place. And you help other businesses make the world a better place through their business by helping and supporting them with their finances. Yes, I and, and I'm so, I'm what a blessing, right? What a blessing to not just be able to help my clients, but to know that my clients are helping clients are helping clients. And it's, it's like the domino effect and think, oh my goodness, the impact that I'll never know. That's right. Is, is amazing and just brings a smile to my face and just joy to my heart, so. I love it. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for for being in this space of finances. Um, I don't have any hesitation to say finances is the last thing that I'm really getting a handle on in my business. You know, I didn't want to look at it. I want to look at it as little as possible. Um, So I know there are others out there who, like me, would rather not even look at their finances. Um, I would love to do a business where there's no money exchanged, right? Bring barter back. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's that's the old part of me. And I'm really stepping into this now. My goal, one of my focuses for this year really is to make sure that I have solid financial systems in place for my business so that I can grow and scale um, in the way that that I need and want to. So when you're working with a client, give me some idea about um, where some of the, where do you start? Oh, this is an excellent question because my 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 passion service line is the profit coaching and how do we even profit rehearsed in that. It typically starts with people who need bookkeeping support, which which we do also, but I'm really trying to get the bookkeeping support ties to the profit consulting and coaching, not the other way around. However, though <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very fine balance. So where we start is taking a look at the books, if there are any, and, and doing a health check. Are they correct? Right? Are are you are you doing stuff, you know? the way it should be done? Are we commingling funds and there's a big old mess and we don't know what's happening? So it's really working with my clients to say, what do your numbers look like? Okay. Are they accurate? You know, are your books in good shape? If they're not in good shape, how do we get you there? How do we systematize this? Because as you're scaling, um, you know, lots of people don't want to use a QuickBooks online or something. And and there's the, the cost that goes with that. However, if you're serious about being in business, those are costs that need to come immediate because you've got, you know, good books and a solid foundation and understanding of your numbers affects everything. You know, it affects a line of credit. It affects if you need any funding. It affects if you're applying for grants. I mean, it just affects everything. Um, And so we start there. Do you have a good sense of where your books are? And if you think you do, I'm going to come in and check and say, I'm going to look at them from my point of view. Do we? And what is the setup? From there, it's really looking at your mindset around money. Are we a good fit? Because some people 
just want their finances and reports thrown at them and that's it. And it's hard to get information back. And, you know, and so, and I'm looking for the person who wants to be in business who, like you said, Mary, is your, you're like an ideal type of candidate is like, I'm going to get these structures in place. I realize I haven't taken care of this, but I need to understand what's going on because that's how I'm going to grow and I'm going to impact more lives, right? Like you have to have that foundation. Without that, what you're doing very well could crumble, you know, one little hiccup and you're down. So make sure that the books are in good shape. Make sure that we are in alignment with what the goals are. Um, as I've gotten more into my business before, I was just wanting to help everyone. And anyone said that they wanted help. And I was like, yes, I'm your girl. And then realized that that doesn't mean we're in alignment just because they want the services. And so understanding that we're I'm a partner. I'm not a vendor, right? So there's some people who provide the service and they're just a vendor and they do what they need to do. And that's not really where I'm wanting to be. I've realized I want to be a partner. So what's your mindset around your money, right? Like, are you willing to do the hard things when they're asked? There's accountability and working together because this is this is a system that needs to set you up for success for a long term. And so we go there. And then from there, we literally go through, I do an assessment with the numbers based on Profit First. There, there's an assessment. Are you in alignment with where Profit First suggests that you are? And we always start with Profit First. You know, if you read the book um, and he's got his foundational, you know, starter allocations, um, and those are great to start. And then as we're working together and go through, we say, do we need to customize this a little bit for you? Because you've got goals, you've got plans, your business is maybe not, you know, the one of the thousands that are in here. And so we really look at where should you be? How are we going to get you there? Do an analysis of your your books. Are you spending too much and you're not really aware? Do we need to look at the expenses and, and were they were they worth it, right? Were they an expense that really didn't need to happen or was it an expense that was an investment is going to help you improve your business and it has a long-term benefit, right? So we go through all that and then we set up a, a regular check-ins. So there's accountability, face-to-face check-ins. So you've got someone to answer to. And then we tie that in with the numbers. And then when the reports come through, we make sure that you're moving yourself towards the goal of where you want to be and reassess it every quarter. And mm-hmm. so that's really where we start is one, making sure that your your books are good and that we know that they're good. So Right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you gave us a lot to... Uh, to dig into here. So my, my first question, uh, I think is maybe going to be the, the more easier surface question in terms of the books together, just books, not mindset, just our books. Do you see common mistakes or common things that people are doing in their books that are getting in their way? Yes, 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 yes. Um, so if there's a bookkeeping, say there's not a bookkeeping system, the first thing I can say is commingling of funds. Uh, my business is paying for this and it's not a true business expense. You know, I'm, I'm paying myself by pulling my, you know, car payment or my spa payment, or I went to the nails because it's a draw. Uh, there's a real uh, misunderstanding of what it means to be paying yourself through your business. And so that's one of the biggest things is you can get, you know, and gosh, the tax laws change all the time. I mean, like, good luck, trying to keep up with them and what percent is good. So really it's people kind of willy nilly handling how they're paying themselves and other people, you know, Oh, I just bought this for the company out of my own personal account. Um, or they don't even have a business account. Um, and so there's a lot of that. If people actually have systems, um, one for themselves, if they're running the system or if they've hired someone is there, um, there's a lot of QuickBooks certified pros. And I think that's wonderful. I think all the people that have it, but anybody can go get certified and being certified in, in a software system doesn't necessarily mean you understand the back end of it, right? So QuickBooks certified pros don't always understand accounting fundamentals. So I see a lot of expenses being accidentally put to a customer account. So if you wanted to go find it, you couldn't. Income expenses accidentally being booked to a vendor. Income being put to you know expenses and just all this crazy stuff happening in the back end, and then you go to run your reports, and you're not even aware that you've booked something in the wrong area because it just sounded good, and your reports are they become meaningless. And so I've seen just a lot of I'm going to call data entry errors because people don't understand the accounting fundamentals and foundations that are needed to have your books be clean. So what's the consequence? Um, if my books aren't clean, what are some of the problems you see that creating for your clients? 
Oh, well, the first thing is cash flow. I mean, and okay. one of the biggest ones is you see um, the profit, right? Like everybody runs the PL and goes straight to the bottom line. What's my net income? Um, and there's a couple of things. If you're paying yourself properly and say you're a sole prop or, you know, and you take your money as a draw, which, which is mm-hmm. how it should go if you're not a W-2 payer, that sits on the balance sheet. It doesn't come out of the profit and loss and people don't know that. So what happens is they'll run their profit and loss and it says they made $20,000 and they'll go to the bank account and they've got, you know, a hundred bucks. And they're like, yeah. what in the heck is happening here? And so this is, again, relating back to the accounting fundamentals is realizing that, hey, your draws are a part of the equity of your company, not the profit and loss. And you have to be able to actually take those two reports and decipher them together to understand really what you have. So what happens is my clients are making decisions based on the bottom line of a P&L, not understanding that that's not your cash flow, that that's, it's misleading because there's like, you know, um, I have a friend, Jamie Troll in the business, she calls it accounting funny business. And it is so true is when you run just those canned reports, there's so many things on the back end, which is why it's the big three in the reports, the profit and loss, the balance sheet and the statement of cash flows. They all have a, something that you should be paying attention to. And everybody runs to the P&L on the bottom line, the net income. And there's so many things that are missed and so many things that are understood. And then people go and make decisions to invest in something or buy something or hire someone. And then they go to pay the bill and they're like, why does my report say I made this much and I, I can't pay it? And so that that is the number one biggest thing that is heartbreaking is, again, people not understanding their reports and then making these decisions that they probably might not have if they really understood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's... Serious consequences yes. to not understand and, and to not have these systems in place. Okay, yes. so we, we, we're understanding the importance. Talk to me a little bit about the mindset part of all of this. What do you encounter with your clients um, and, and mindset? So a lot of clients are, it, it, it's frustration, right? With money, it's frustration because it's a misunderstanding or it's not understanding or it's feeling like they'll never get it. I'll never understand this. This will never make sense. And I think one of the biggest problems there is um, when you partner with a finance person, you know, to help you or a bookkeeper to help you is there's the ability to ask to get stuff presented to you, you know, custom reports. Oh my goodness, we can, you know, prepare or Ask, how do you need to see the information um, with what you need to see? And, and so that's something that doesn't, it just doesn't really happen. And so I think, and I'm totally going off cue here, and I forgot what the question was, Mary. That's okay. <laughs> it's, it's all about mindset. Mindset. <laughs> right? well, mindset, yeah. Because they feel like it's so overwhelming. It's one, I've got to know where to book it in the system. Two, QuickBooks, if they're in Quick, I'm just going to keep referring to QuickBooks because it's what I mostly use. So Zero, Sage, whatever you use. They go into QuickBooks and they're like, oh my gosh, there's 18,000 buttons to push. There, there's a bank feed here. You can put receipts in. There's an expense. There's a, and, the, and then COD loves software companies. Every time they update something, it looks different, right? So you just get it. You go in and now where did, where did my customer thing go? And why are six more options up here? So the mindset is, I think, um, frustration, which then leads to avoidance because a lot of the clients in this, they've got, we got things to do. We got, th- I got a business to run. I've got clients to serve myself. Yep. I, I can't figure this out. And I'm just going to go to my bank account because that tells me what I need to know. Right. And although the bank account can be a little bit more reliable than it used to be, right? So when, when writing checks was the thing, right? And yet, well, I still write checks. I'm that old school, but okay. <laughs> most people do not, right? Like checks are almost a thing of like, they're going to be in the history book soon. What was a check? Um, exactly. But when you used to do that, now you have these transactions that are outstanding that if you just go to your bank and then all of a sudden one comes through or an auto draft, you forgot you signed up for a monthly pay or God forbid you took advantage of the annual renewal discount and you forgot that was coming up next month. You go to your bank account you don't have it in a system because you're just frustrated. You make a decision and now this charge comes through and you're like, how did I overdraft? How do I not have the money? Again, a domino effect of things. And so, so I think it's, and then it just becomes cyclical, right? Like I got to get a handle on my finances. I got to understand what's going on. You go in to understand your finances. The system's changed. 
customers versus vendors. You can't find anything. You're, you need to, to read three reports, which all seem like foreign language and you don't know what they mean, nor do they match your bank account almost ever, right? So it's, that's it. Is I, I think it's frustration, which leads to avoidance, which leads to more frustration, which leads to determination to get it fixed. And then it's overwhelm of who do you use? You know, do you use a person? Do you use the QuickBooks? You know, and, and there's tons of places that say, well, do your bookkeeping for cheap, you know? And then you get a person, you're like, oh, why are you so expensive compared to these services? Well, <laughs> you know, well, yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because, you know, I think you'd re- refer to investments versus expenses earlier in the conversation. And I think that's an important piece here, too. Um, so what do you advise someone when we know our books are a hot mess we know that it's important to get them together. We know we don't have the knowledge, the skills, the time, the inclination, any of that to do it ourselves. And yet we also are telling ourselves that we don't have the money to pay a professional to do this, right? So it kind of feels like you're between a rock and a hard place. So so how do you, what would you suggest to someone who might feel like they're in this rock and a hard place? Okay, so what I would say is you will know for sure when it's time for a bookkeeper, right? And it will be when you have some extra money. So if you're, I've had a couple of people come to me, they really wanted to have help. I, as much as I want to help everyone and I would love if I could do it for free, I'm a business too, right? And there, there's a lot when there's one-on-one conversation and you can be, you know, it's kind of like I say, I used to run a print shop. And so you can order online and you can get your stuff and it's really cheap, but there's no customer service whatsoever. But when we ran a store, they were like, why are you so expensive compared to this? Well, because you can walk in the door and you can take up 30 minutes of my time asking all the questions. So it's different. But what I would say is we are in such an amazing time of being able to be educated through the internet, right? And so there's there's places like Udeme, YouTube, oh my goodness, tons of people willing to walk through um, you know, QuickBooks tutorials. Even QuickBooks has tutorials on what to do. And so really taking an active role yourself to find some training. We even have bookkeepers, a ton in the communities, and I've got some peers who have launched memberships, which are much cheaper than someone. They've got, you know, a weekly office call that you can jump in if you have questions. And you get um you get like support and videos and it teaches you. And there's a whole community of bookkeepers coming up saying, look, we know that you can't afford us one-on-one. And so what we're going to do is we're going to help train you. We're going to allow you to call in once a week, but I'm a live person and a bookkeeper and you do that support. And they're there to get you ready before you're ready to jump off to a bookkeeper. You scaled enough and they actually help you say, Hey, your books are probably ready. You know, you're ready to move on to a bookkeeper. So there's lots of resources out there. Tons of bookkeepers now doing trainings for entrepreneurs about here's how to use book QuickBooks. Here's what you really need to know. Here's the things that other p- people aren't telling you. So it's that, like, look for self-education. You know, there's Udemy or Udemy, I don't know. Like, there's tons of places that you can get those free classes. Small Business Administration does lots of great um, trainings. So I would say starting there. But really, rather than diving in and just assuming you can figure it out, take the time to find those resources. Because also, if you come to work with me, is there like, yes, I could, you could just throw your books at me and do it. But you really, no one's going to love your business as much as you do, right? I shouldn't be more passionate about your finances than you are. So you've got to have a, a desire for of the undesirable when it comes to your finances, right? So that's what I suggest is finding something like that. Um, and I've got great peers, which when you give them my, you know, contact information, that are willing to help for the people who are like, I need some support, but I'm not ready for one-to-one. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That is great news because I, I know I'm not the only one on this part of the ship, <laughs> right? So that sounds very uh, encouraging. So we've talked about the, the fundamentals, the importance of accounting. We've talked a little bit about mindset. I'd like to shift now to talk, describe for us the principles of the profit first model. Okay. What makes it different? Well, it makes it different because you can, it's a hundred percent reliable if you a hundred percent follow it. (laughs) Okay. So what, what it is, is it's, it's really flipping the, the accounting funny business on its head. Right. So that's what Mike says is the, it's the gap formula, which you always hear, which is sales minus expenses equal your profit. And, And in mindset, we're all about what you focus on first, right, becomes the thing. 
So in that formula, sales are important, expenses are important, and then profit is just what's left over. And uh, Mike came in and said, yeah, this is broken. This is really broken. This is not how people function and view money in their mindset. And um, I 100% believe that's true. Like no matter no matter where you're at and if, if you're the person in looking at the money is it's really, I need to make a profit for whatever reason you're doing to support my family so that we can go on more vacations because my kids need to go to college. You're a bigger company because I want to make sure that I keep my employees. I want to give the stockholder, whatever size company you are, there's a reason that profits matter, right? And this says, whatever your sales are, there is an expected profit that should be there. And after that profit, this is how much you have left over to spend. And now you run your business accordingly. And so being profitable becomes an obvious, it becomes a, I am profitable and now I run my business, right? Because that's what we're all in business for, right? And so that is the difference is in, in the other way, you sell stuff, you spend stuff, and then you hope you have a profit left over. This is you sell stuff, you take your profit and you run the business on what lets, what's left over. And if things become a little bit rough, you scale back, you got to make some cuts. You do. But it literally gives you the formula so that you know exactly how much money you have left and you can start tracking your trends each month. And then you understand like, oh man, for 18 months, I have consistently had this much left over. I really could hire someone. I could invest in this software. I could move into this mastermind to get training. And so that's what it does is it, it creates a very financially reliable system because it, you're becoming profitable. You have no choice, right? So Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the, the examples that you gave uh, were all about using your, your numbers to make decisions instead of decisions and then going to the numbers and trying to figure out how to make it work. Yeah. And then how do you reverse decisions that you already made that maybe you signed into a contract because your numbers don't fit that, right? Like that's the worst. Yeah. It's like, oh, I engaged in this and I have no business. I, you know, I need to break this contract. Like I've seen people really have to do some devastating stuff and agree to sign up for something and then realize, oh my goodness, I can't. Like I should never have done this. Right, right. Well, it's good to hear. Actually, I love it that you bring that little detail up because, you know, I again, I'm sure there are plenty of listeners out there who have gotten into contracts that they wish they could get out of, but there might be part of themselves saying, well, I can't get out of it. You know, I signed a contract and that whole mindset. And so having someone like you in their corner to really champion and say, no, this has got to go. <laughs> this is not bringing it's not feeding your business. It's, it's taking away from your business. Yes. And, and I think a lot of times I, you know, most people, I believe, want to be um, people of integrity, right? Like integrity is such a hot button word, but you want to be an integrity. And so if you agreed to do something and you sign up for something, it, you know, you feel like you're stuck and, and you become a victim of a bad decision. And you didn't know it was a bad decision. You're almost your own victim, right? Like you're, you're a victim of your own decisions. And as much as you want to be a person of integrity, being a person of integrity is also going to that place and saying, man, I hadn't really had no business. And could you be stuck? Maybe. But is there a way out? Almost always, right? Let's be honest. There's almost always. And I think sometimes that, again, this is a mindset thing, right? It's like, oh, I signed up for this. I agreed to do this. I committed to this. And then you just keep the pain wagon going of that decision rather than saying like, oh, this really stinks for who I signed up with. However, you're not, you're doing yourself a disservice and that thing service as well. So I think sometimes you need that very unbiased person to say, no, this is not serving you well and you need to get out of it. And in the accountability factors, when we meet again in four weeks, I'm going to expect that this has been canceled, right? So what are we going to do? What are your steps? How do we need to go about this? What support do you need? Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're putting profit before expenses. So we got our sales, we're going to take out a profit first, and then whatever is left is the operating, the money we get to operate with. Exactly. Okay. So is this a good time to talk about the um, various accounts or is sure. that too? Yeah. So no. I, I love this part of profit first. Um, so describe, and before I say this, I love it. 
And a lot of people find it very confusing. Yes. Like, why do I have to have all of these accounts and all of these places? And why can't this seems like it's making it more complicated rather than simplifying. And so right on the off the bat, there can be some resistance. Mm-hmm. So talk to us a little bit about this accounting, uh, this banking system. Maybe that's a better way to describe it. And how that fits into this whole equation of sales minus profit equals expenses. Okay. So I'm glad you brought this up because sometimes this part of the system is the break it for people, right? They're, they're just like, they want to fight it tooth and nail. It, you know, it doesn't matter. And so um, I giggle because at first I didn't like it either. I mean, okay, you know, what, you know what I mean? Like you've got, my money's all in one account. It is what it is. I can keep it in a spreadsheet. I can do all this stuff. I can do the envelopes that QuickBooks does now. Sure. Sure, you can. I can also buy the donuts at the store and put it in the pantry so they're out of sight, out of mind, and not eat them. Until I'm tempted, right? Until I'm tempted. Right, right. And that's the whole thing is the profit first system is trying to work with you and help you understand that no matter how disciplined you think you are, like there's always a temptation. There is. And so the separation of this, right, is it is in Profit First, there are five foundational accounts and two separate accounts. And so this is like, people are like, like what's happening? And so I had to go through the whole process too. And, and I'll just tell you like the five core accounts means you have five accounts set up at your bank and you're transferring money on a, on a predetermined allocation time. And then you have two extra accounts at a completely separate bank, which would be out of sight, out of mind, right? So, um, and I'm going to relate it to the donuts every time because this phase of life I'm in, I'm trying to lose weight and gosh darn it, I am my own enemy here. Um, So if the donuts are in my pantry, that's great, right? It's in the same bank. But if it's at the store, I'm probably not going to go get the, I got to be desperate, right? So this is what we're talking about is you've got an account for all the money that's coming in. So your income account. Everything that you pull into your money goes into this income account. So you know exactly how much your business has brought in. It goes into this one account. And on a predetermined day, he works with the 10th and the 25th. For some people, they want it monthly. Some people need it weekly. Some people need the 5th. Like whatever it is, you can customize it. But we'll go with the 10th and the 25th. You look at your income account and you allocate those funds out to your other accounts, to your other four accounts. Because you're going to make sure that everything is set up for success. So the first account that you have separate is your profit account and whatever your determined allocation is. And it's the first allocation that you make because profit is your mindset. So it's actually in, it's a very um, mindset driven um, systemized uh, place to do it. So you do your, your profit transfer first. So it's whatever percent your profit is based on the size of your business you transfer that out to your profit account. And then you go through the whole thing. Then you pay yourself second. So now you've got your owner's pay. What is your percentage based on how much you're making? And you transfer that to your account. And then you go okay. to tax. To your personal account. Yeah. If you're a sole prop, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you're on W-2, then you would be a payroll. But yes, if you're a sole prop and that's who you're talking to, you would transfer it to your personal checking account. And then your taxes. And, and then your operating expenses. So you make these four very deliberate transfers out and that money is dispersed. So one, what's really great about that is when you have one account that has your income all flowing out and you're basically depleting that account each time you do a transfer, is it's kind of cool when you get your bank statement at the end of the month and you can see exactly how much was in deposits. And that's, I mean, it's another double check of how much did you make that month. So you can actually see. And as you get accustomed to doing this, you're going to know in your brain, oh gosh, you know, I made 20,000 last month and I made 22 that month and I made 18. But say one of your clients, your big ones has a cash flow problem and they didn't pay. Well, now it's going to be like you only made 15 and you're going to know immediately, uh-oh, something's wrong, right? Because that could then in turn, if you know that that was a huge cut, 25% of your income you might have some cash flow problems with some other stuff. So it's immediately a red flag trigger, right? So that's what I love about that part. One bank account, all your income, very easy to see. 
Then, um, so your profit account is you're sending that out. And can I just say about the profit account, because there's such a misunderstanding of the profit, people want to say, well, can I just transfer the profit to myself because it's, it's mine. It was what I made. And there's a real misunderstanding of what the profit account is for. It is truly a rainy day emergency fund account first, right? Okay. So if something goes wrong, you know, your, your bathroom floods and or your computer breaks down and you've got a $10,000 expense you weren't expecting, the profit account comes in to save the day. And so it builds up and builds up. And then quarterly, you get to reward yourself with only half of that, right? So your profit account keeps growing to be able to handle bigger things or to help you with your goals down the road. So your profit account goes and then your taxes because... <laughs> We just wrapped tax time. Um, so I know when this is airing, but, you know, April is tax time and you get that pesky little bill. And uh, too many of my clients say, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to pay this. Or they went and made some really hefty purchases to avoid paying taxes and didn't really stop and think it through, right? And so now they've picked up some more operating expenses. So you have this tax account growing and at the end of the year, you can rest easy that you're going to be able to pay your tax bill and you don't have to wonder where's the money going to come from. Um, do I have to take a penalty and then operating expenses, you know exactly what you have left and you can start planning. Can you hire people? Can you afford this software? Can you do all the things? And so um, that's where it's pesky. Now that's the main five accounts. And then you've got the two supplemental, which they say put at another bank because you don't want to be tempted to dip into those. The two other accounts are also a profit and tax account at another bank. Now, I will say when Mike wrote this book, I actually have gotten down to um, <clears throat> two accounts and two accounts. Um, and then my personal account, the owner's pay is my personal account. But in my main bank, I do my income and my OPEX. And because nowadays when you transfer funds, so way back when, when you would transfer your money out, your bank balance would not update right away, which is why he said, like, transfer it to another one here and then ship it to the other bank you can now ship it to another bank and it leaves your account immediately. So now I actually run on two accounts at my main bank, income and OPEX, and my profit and tax account sit at another bank because I'm not tempted to borrow from them because when I'm looking at my day-to-day -day banking, I don't know how much money is in there, right? Right. So um, as much as you can think, you know, I've got all of the self-control in the world, but if you get hit with a shiny solution syndrome option in a weak moment and you're tired and you're like, oh, if I just borrow this from the tax account, right? you might pay it back and you might not. <laughs> and so that, that's the beauty of it. So, so all that to be said, it doesn't really have to be seven, which is how they first come out the bank. You can get away with four these days. And it makes it very easy to know exactly what you have going on and build up a rainy day fund, which usually is what gets, you know, sidetracks people actually be profitable each quarter, which is, you know, should be our expectation and pay your pay uncle Sam at the end of the year. It's just a win, 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 win. Yeah, exactly. The profit account is, so I had the five accounts set up and for me, the profit account was what I was able to lean into when I made a decision to leave one partnership and start another um, so that I could keep operating. Um, because, you know, we all know it takes money to run a business. Um, so that profit account, uh, just from my experience, is just saved my, saved everything. It has saved everything because if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be here today. I would be looking for or in, in some job rather than running my own business and helping people solve their problems. Um, so it's it's literally a lifesaver for me. And, and I know that um, if it does that for me, I know that it's going to do that for others. Yeah. And I can, I can tell you the profit account has been, it just, it does so much. And, and for a lot of people that are like, well, I'm just going to, you know, grow it to profit. I don't need, you know, it's kind of like insurance policy, right? You never feel like you need it until you need yeah, it. Until you need it. And the whole purpose of the Profit First account is to cover the things that you don't know are coming, the unexpecteds, right? And so we just started watching Big Brother and I'm like, expect the unexpected, right? Like, yes. <laughs> be prepared. And so that's, that's again, is a, a distinction I really want people to understand is the Profit account, although it sounds like extra owners pay and that's the whole purpose. No, it is a emergency fund first because things are going to go wrong. That's you right. are going to be hit with some unexpected finance that your OPEX account can't 
for, and then what do you do? You, yeah. you don't pay yourself. And then like, and you know, and that's the thing I see too many people, they're willing to go into business and they're willing to not pay themselves. And this, th- that mindset is broken in so many reasons that we would need another podcast to, to go over. Okay. <laughs> um, but if you're a true business owner, right, you don't not pay yourself. Like a business has an employee and just because you don't get a paycheck through a W-2, now you're, if you're not paying yourself, your, your financial picture again is unreliable because no business just runs itself and makes money. <laughs> like that's labor is a cost. And so, um, yeah. And so I think that's the important thing is when, when emergency strikes, if you're, if you don't have a, a fund set up to cover it, you're the fund. And now running a business, <laughs> it might be the American dream, but my goodness, sometimes dreams are nightmares. Right. And it's, it's rough. And if you're not paying yourself, that is what takes down a lot of people is what am I doing all this for? I should just go get a day job. This is, you know, I'm not sleeping. I'm not doing anything. I'm doing all this and I can't pay my bills or I can't go to the movies with my kids. It's yeah. Right. So. Yeah. And it goes into all of our self-worth too. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Talking about mindset. Mm -hmm. So is there any business, whether it's an industry or size of business that profit first does not work for? No. Okay. No. So doesn't matter what size you are, what industry that you're in, how long you've been in business, profit first is appropriate for anyone. Yes. And 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 here's what I tell a lot of people is like you can read the book right here. Um and, and you can start running profit first based on reading the book. The thing is any business but would it will it end up being more successful for some than others just based on launching it from the book? Yes it will because the book Mike studied thousands of companies and came up with everything in there, but there, there has to be a starting point, right? So a lot of people will come in and be like, well, I'm this and that. That is why we get certified. That is why there are cert- certified profit first professionals is because we say we start with the foundation and then we look at you as your own individual and say, where are you? There's tweaks to be made. It's why there's a ton of profit first businesses, books coming out for in different industries, right? There's one for contractors. So I love the construction um, industry and there's one for contractors and it goes and it says, okay, we've got all these things, but we need to talk about cost of goods sold and cost of labor because those should be treated a little bit different in your income. And so Yes, it is set. Um, it, it is set up for any business, any size. It is why there are hundreds of thousands of businesses that have been successful. It is why Profit First is going international. We are launching in different com- countries. We're in the UK now. That's our most recent one, and we're popping up everywhere. It is because it is a system that is there to work. And again, there, there's us as Profit First professionals to say, let's take this system and let's now really look at your business. Because let's be honest, even if you're in an industry you're unique. How you do things is different than all of your peers, right? It's why there's so many of so many bookkeepers, so many profit coaches, so many business coaches and mindset coaches. Um, and so that's why we come along. Cause some people are like, well, why would I hire you if I can just read the book? Right. You know, fair, but you know, why would you sure. go to a dentist if you can just brush your teeth? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe exactly. not the best example, but it's the one I could think of. Um, yeah, it fits. Yeah. So, so yes, it really any business and is there tweaking based on industries? Yes, absolutely. Sure. Yep. Sure. Beautiful. Well, thank you for a remarkable overview of this whole system and what it does for us and uh, in our business and not just growing our business but also our own health and well-being right because if we're we're losing sleep or our relationships are suffering because our business finances are out of whack then the cost is really almost incalculable yeah well and i mean let, let's be honest in 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 life right i mean Money problems are a huge reason why lots of marriages don't work, right? So when you've got money problems in a business, which inevitably affect you at home, you are so right. Like this is, that frustration doesn't end here. And then if you have employees, right? Like if you're, if you're really good, like hearted, honest person that wants to help people, you've got people's livelihoods in your hands, right? Like this, this isn't, it's not playtime. This is, it's business time. And it's just, this is a system that can really help alleviate a lot of pain, a lot of frustration. You can launch it on your own without help. You can get additional support as you're scaling. It's just for everyone. And I will say the book is amazing, but the audible, 
We get to work with Mike directly. And I will tell you, he is hilarious. He is personable. And when you hear him in his voice, tell his story as to how this book came up, you are like, yes, like, yes. And and so it's completely authentic. Yes. Yes. 100%. So if your book is great, if you're a reader, but the audible is all, it's a, it's funny. It's good. And it's funny. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. Making finances funny. Yes. That, that, that uh, takes a special skill absolutely. and a special talent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you again. Now, before we go, um, there's, I do want to make a couple of announcements. One is that um, Christina is a contributor to the Consciouspreneur magazine, which if it hasn't come out by the airing of this, it's coming out very soon. So look for the Consciouspreneur magazine. That's a free online digital magazine dedicated to the Conscious Entrepreneur. Um, One of the values of the Conscious Entrepreneur is that we care deeply about profit and profit first. And what Christina has to share with us is one way that we can really ensure that we're setting up our financial systems for profit. I want to make one more announcement in that next October. Um, I know that's down the road a ways, but I want you to make a mental note of it. On October 25th, Christina will be joining me and two other colleagues, and we are going to be delivering a business planning workshop. So this will be for getting all of your ducks in a row for 2023. It's going to be in October. More details to follow, but I I wanted to plant that seed with you all now um, to know that Christina is going to be working with us on putting together that workshop so that as we're planning our business for 2023, we're not leaving finances um, uh, at the door. Yes. I'm so excited. So. Yes, I am too. So with that said, Christina, where can people find you directly? They can, well, I would say go to my website because that has links to all the social media places, right? I feel like there's just too many to list anymore. So it is springsteadsolutions.com. Um, you can find me there. There are links to what I do. There's, uh, You can download the first two chapters of Profit First for free if you want to check it out before you buy it. Um, and then you can find me on all my social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all the good stuff. Lovely. Christina, thank you again for not only sharing your expertise, but sharing your heart with us um, and your passion for supporting the consciouspreneur as we change the world. Oh my goodness. It's such a pleasure and such an honor. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. We're not just a podcast, we're a community. So before you go, we invite you to join the Consciouspreneur Mastermind community. We are a powerful movement of high-achieving, impact-focused entrepreneurs who are leading the charge, making the world a better place through business. We offer a comprehensive suite of tools, techniques, support, and direction, all rolled up into a community-driven, inspirational launchpad. We will nudge you out of your comfort zone and into your genius zone so that you can lead your business with clarity and focus. If you're looking for a community of like-minded and like-spirited people who support your personal development and business growth, well, you found the right place. Plus, we have a lot of fun. After all, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Remember, we're all in this together. Check out the link in the details in the description below and help our community grow by liking, subscribing, and sharing the content. We look forward to having you join us next week. Until then.